What is going on, Blue Jays fans? Welcome back to the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is still the best player in the league podcast, better known as Flipping the Bird. My name is Bryce, and I am joined, as always, by Josh. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Bryce. I'm doing fantastic. Still watching Blue Jays baseball, and besides that, we have been... Um... We've been in for a treat with all these sports that have been going on lately. Not even just Blue Jays baseball, but we have we have the Euro Cup. We've got golf. We've got tennis. We have uh, basketball and hockey playoffs. Man, like this is a. It's all kind of starting to die down there. We're kind of going to get right away into the what are known as the dog days in sports in summer here. But luckily, we will still have Blue Jays baseball to watch. But uh, man, I'm doing great. Man, I'm doing fantastic. That's good to hear. Yeah, you're right 100% about that with the Stanley Cup playoffs, the NBA Finals. It's nice to have baseball every night. You know what you're going to get. The Jays have been battling their way, and this is going to be our June recap. And June was a really huge month for this team, I think, in a lot of ways. The expectations were high. Of course, this was George Springer's first full, if you want to call it that, healthy month with the team our prize of the offseason, and I think a lot of people were expecting this team to really turn a corner. Um, we had a few tough series at the at the start of the month against the White Sox and the Astros, uh, the Rays and the Yankees, and then things kind of got a little bit lighter for us. We, we've had a pretty tough schedule to this point, so we got to finally see Baltimore. We got to see Miami again, who we've had some great success against this year, and we got to see Seattle uh, who, who, who that series re- really didn't go the way that we expected it to, and uh, we'll dive a little bit into that. But the final record for this team at the end of the month of June is 14-12. and 12. That'll keep us in third place. The Yankees are really scuffling, but, but this team really seems like they're treading water, don't they? Yeah, Bryce, and, and we talked about it at the end of our uh, May recap, which was, you know, the Blue Jays that kept hovering around that 500 mark, and we were talking about how if, if they had just not, how much different, how much better that record could have been if they didn't go on that six-game skid uh, at, at one point in May there. And we talked about this team now at this point, especially to get us to the trade deadline and, and cement ourselves in 2021 as actual playoff contenders. We need to get above that 500 mark. We need to clear that 500 mark, but not just a game or two like we did. But we we need to we need to get way past that 500 mark and and, and assert our dominance in the AL East here and assert ourselves as contenders. And then go, lo and behold, we go ahead and we lose. We go on another five game skid in the middle of this month in June, and we got swept by the Yankees. And then luckily we turned it around, winning eight of our last ten games. Uh, against easier opponents, but nevertheless still MLB teams, which is good. Uh, but but again, it just goes back to the fact that we talked about how we can't be at that 500 mark. 500 is not going to get it done for us. That is that is going to have us on the outside looking in come uh, September, come October. And so now they're at that 500 mark, and it's just it's it's a matter of again, like you said, I think you perfectly described it. You know, we're treading water at this point. There needs to be a point where we, we go either way. You know, of course, I don't want to see us go on a, on a losing streak and, and take ourselves right out of contention. But, you know, it, it's got to be one or the other. This 500 baseball for me is just really, it, it is getting frustrating to watch. But uh, I'm, I'm still optimistic, especially with some of the moves that we've made uh, in recent memory here. 
Yeah, and we'll get into those moves. We do have two trades because we are recording this on July 6th, so we will get into the Rowdy Telez trade that did happen this morning for us. Um, but I just want to get into that frustration that you just alluded to. And probably the most frustrating part of the month of June for this team is how the games were lost, how we got swept by the Yankees who who were really struggling to, to, to find their groove so far, and, and how we did lose 12 of, of our games this month. And it's the bullpen again, right? So we've seen our offense produce at a level that is elite for this league, right? Five runs a game is going to win you more games than it's going to lose you, right? And that's about what we're averaging around 5.16 runs per game this season. Our MVP and probably the league's MVP, if it wasn't for one, Shohei Otani, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Again, kept getting better. He hit 371 for the month with 10 home runs. Our offense was clicking. We saw guys like Bo Bichette come around. We saw guys like Reese McGuire come around, which we'll both get into a little bit later in the episode. But the problems stem from the bullpen. Tyler Chatwood, Rafael Dolis, a couple of the names that have been struggling, like Trent Thornton, um, a couple spotty starts from, from Anthony Castro, who's a young kid that we like a lot. It's the same nature, and it's really frustrating for Blue Jays fans to see us get get up in the games. Our starters are keeping us in games. Our offenses are giving us the lead, and then it, for, all, for for it to be all for naught, right, at the end of the game when, when we're getting walked off or we're giving up big, big innings late in the game that are losing us these games that we really should be winning, and in some cases against teams that we should be winning. And I think Ross Atkins heard the cry of the Blue Jays' faithful and we'll get into the first move that he made with the Miami Marlins bringing in side armor Adam Simber, uh, along with Corey Dickerson. We're going to send away Joe Panic in that deal and a minor leaguer. And, and, and this move had to be made. Adam Simber is going to be a different look from the sidearm angle. He doesn't throw hard, obviously, like no sidearmers do. He's not going to miss a lot of bats, but he's going to produce weak contact, which is something we haven't seen a lot from our bullpen. They're getting hit hard. Balls are getting hit over the fence. Balls are getting hit into the gaps. The exit velocity is going to be down with Adam Simber. What do you see in this deal, maybe with Adam Simber or Corey Dickerson, who obviously is injured right now? It was more of a salary dump, it seems, for Miami. Um, but we really didn't have to give up too much to get immediate bullpen help uh, for the month of July here. Yeah, Bryce, we did. I love this deal through and through for us because uh, at the at the end of our May recap episode, I touched on who I think it was our underperformer of the month in May and also the guy who I thought might be the single most important bat for the rest of our lineup uh, going into June. And that was Rowdy Telez. That was our power left-handed bat, who is the guy for me who could have really just of course we have the second i think we have the second ranked offense in the mlb right now which is incredible so i mean you know there, there's not too much more room for improvement for our offense our offense is phenomenal as is but you know again to take it from that really really good offense that we have to the great offense i thought that rowdy Telez was really an important bat for us and he didn't do it and, and he got sent down because of it so Corey dickerson is a guy who maybe doesn't quite have the overwhelming power that rowdy telez has but he does have that extra base power and he is a left-handed bat which is is which is phenomenal for us that's exactly hopefully he is a, another veteran guy who is going to come in and be that stable presence kind of like again going back to marcus Semyon coming over for us kind of like george springer coming over for us another veteran guy around these young guns 
and and who will be a, hopefully another stable bat for us a little bit later in the lineup that we can turn to um, hopefully in some important situations when it comes down to it and, and just provide us even more stability maybe in later later in the games and stuff like that um, especially when we get into some really really important baseball later on in the season but this Adam Simber that was an incredible uh, acquisition for us because like you already mentioned uh, per, it produces weak contact off of the barrel for us which is which is great for us um, and and the other thing that you mentioned, Bryce, was the fact that his arm angle that he throws at. We, we've talked about it, uh, you and I, just the fact that he's going to provide a different look for batters now. You know, you, you love to see some of the our, our reliable pen arms that we have currently, and then me, being able to throw in Adam Simber into the mix, right, is just going to really throw off batters, change that eye level, which is incredible as well. So, uh, and Adam Simber throughout, I think, what has he played? A couple of games. He's appeared in a couple of games for us thus far since the trade. And he's, he's looked every bit of that part. He's, he's been as advertised thus far for us. And he is in that upper echelon of our pen arms already through a couple of games. So I love this. But And one last thing I do want to touch on is going back to the fact that you talked about how frustrating it is, was um, our offense, like I mentioned, is second ranked. And <laughs> what we were talking about in preseason was the fact that how great our pen looked and how concerned we were about our starting arms. And it's just been quite the opposite this year. You know, that uh, that offense, we talked about the potential and it's certainly lived up to the potential. But now these starting arms are really what's been the surprise for us, especially with the emergence of Alec Manoa. Um, and, and Ross Stripling and even Robbie Ray making surprises for us and even Steven Matz making surprises for us. These starting arms are, are really stealing the show for us, but these pen arms just haven't been able to get the job done. So in conclusion, Adam Simber, phenomenal pickup, and Corey Dickerson, I think is hopefully going to be that extra base power type bat, lefty bat that we can turn to that we hoped Rowdy Telez would be this season. Right, and I think it's important to realize that this is not a Corey Dickerson trade. This is an Adam Simber trade where Corey Dickerson's kind of a toss-in probably for financial value for the Miami Marlins. Um, but but one thing I, I really appreciate from Ross Atkins this early into the season, obviously we're still a ways away from the trade deadline. You and I both know in any sport, really, when when your GM goes out and says, okay, we're not the best team right now. We're, we're we're third place in our division, but we know that we, we're here to compete. We're going to go out and be buyers. I think that sends a clear message to, to the to the locker room saying, we're here to compete. Guys are going to compete for their job because they're seeing two, two of their teammates from the past two, three seasons walk out that door, right, packing their bags for new guys to come in to improve this lineup. And I just want to touch on Corey Dickerson because th- this was kind of the talk when we were um, kind of looking to sign Michael Brantley in the offseason too. People are immediately thinking that one of Randall Gritchick or Lourdes Gurriel is going to immediately be traded because we have four outfielders now with Dickerson. And I, I really don't think that's the case. I think this is a clubhouse guy. Everything I've heard about Corey Dickerson from his days in Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, and Colorado is that he's a great guy for the locker room. Charlie Montoyo was his third base coach when he was when he was with the Tampa Bay Rays. He had nothing but pr- high praise for Corey Dickerson. We've seen shots of him talking to Jonathan Davis, some of the outfielders, some of the young guys. And I think that's huge for this team. And I also think it's huge come October, September, 
when we have an available option on the bench, like a, a power-hitting left-handed bat of Corey Dickerson to come in and face some of the right-handed pitchers, maybe a Matt Barnes of the Boston Red Sox comes immediately to my mind as a, as a, as a right-handed pitcher that we might face late in a game um, where we might not want you know one of Danny Jansen or Reese McGuire if they're not performing to that level. There's really nobody that we would have on our bench right now, especially Joe Panic, who who obviously is now a member of the Miami Marlins. He wasn't a guy that we were, you know, really confident in bringing off the bench. Santiago Espinal has played great for us, but he's kind of a defense first guy. So this is our pinch hitter. Um, give our outfielder some rest. Springer obviously coming off a big injury. So we'll play the splits, put him in a good position, but the acquisition of Corey Dickerson did allow us to get into our next move in which there was just no spot for Rowdy Telez on this team anymore. He obviously had a great year last year. We were looking for huge things out of him. I think he was the starting DH. Um, In a healthy lineup, he was starting DH on day one of this season. Um, But Vladdy obviously solidified himself at first base for the near and far future. And really our DH spot just, he didn't win the battle against Gritchick. There's really no other way to put it. So I think the fact that we could get some value for him, the immediate help that we need in our bullpen, like we said, we were able to go out and get a guy like Rogers today, this morning from the Milwaukee Brewers. We're sending another first baseman. It seems like every first baseman who's ever played for the Jays has also played for the Milwaukee Brewers. So um, Rowdy Tuz will join that list. And we're bringing in a guy in Trevor Richards. What were your first initial thoughts when you saw this trade break this morning? Yeah, Brace, I, I liked it because a there was a uh, well, it's another arm, so that that's phenomenal. We we keep harping on the fact that our pen arms are are what's hurting us. Clearly, the weakness on our on our team. So another arm, I loved it, and then I I wasn't overwhelmingly excited about Trevor Richards as much as I was when we got Adam Simber. But then more and more I started looking into it, and and Trevor Richards, I, I like this acquisition. Listen, the Trevor Richards, twenty eight. 28 years old and correct me if I'm wrong we have we do we have control on Trev, team control on Trev, Trevor Richards so he'll be in arbitration uh so yeah we do have control over him until 2024 he'll be a free agent in 2025 right and, and we both know how valuable that is not only to the Blue Jays but really just in baseball in general uh if you are acquiring a player that team control is crucial for you but also Trevor Richards is a guy he's he's gonna be a he's a K guy he's a high K guy um, he has 41 in 20, in 2021, 41 strikeouts uh, in 31.2 innings pitched this year. Guy doesn't throw the ball exceptionally hard by any means, but he, he gets his Ks and his whiff rate is, is up there as well. Um, 78th percentile in whiff percentage. So Trevor Richards is a guy who is going to get the strikeouts for you. And especially when you have, he's kind of complimenting. Another thing that you and I talked about, Bryce, was the fact that he complements the rest of this pen really well. You you know you you have a guy like um, you have a guy like Adam Simber coming out with his sidearm, and then you have Jordan Romano out there. You have Trevor Richards out there. You have all these different types of throwers, these types of throwing motions to change the eye level for the batter. So I really do like the way that these guys are complementing each other out of the pen now. And I'm taking listen. I I think the most important thing is the fact that if I go back two weeks ago and I look at our pen and I compare it to what our pen is now and what our pen could be if it continues to get healthy with guys like Barucki and, uh, and Merriweather coming back, hopefully eventually, you know, I, I like what our pen is. I think our pen has got better. 
you know, and I think at the end of the day, if, if that is that is the goal of making these trades, and uh, I think that we have, of course, we won't know until we see what the product is on the field, but at least on paper, I'm significantly more uh, comfortable when with this pen that we have right now. Yeah, and when you make a deal, I think anytime your favorite sports team makes a trade, you immediately research the player and, and see what kind of value you're getting back. Now, other than a 28-year-old with gray hair, I think the Blue Jays are getting a guy who was a starter uh, early in his career. And then he, he, he went to Tampa Bay, and they moved him into the pen in that stable that the, the Tampa Bay Rays built in their bullpen. And Tampa Bay ended up flipping him not even six weeks ago to uh, Milwaukee with Willie Adamas because they needed some bullpen help themselves. Um, so he wasn't even a member of the Milwaukee Brewers for that long. This reminds me a lot of the Ross Stripling deal, the Stephen Matz deal, the Robbie Ray deal, where you kind of have not per se a scuffling pitcher, but maybe a guy who's not pitching to their full ability in the Blue Jays' front office mind. Maybe gives up a lot of home runs, maybe gives up a lot of walks. Um, I know Trevor Richards' walk numbers um, don't have them off the top of my head, but I did see that they were a little bit high, uh, probably for his liking. So this is a guy who they're going to work with Pete Walker over the next couple of years. They said they're going to use him in some leverage situations, but I think most importantly for Blue Jays fans, they're going to see Trevor Richards and Adam Simber running out of the bullpen, and they're just not going to have a bad taste in their mouth immediately, right? When we see a guy trot now like Trent Thornton, Rafael Dolis, especially Tyler Chadwood right now, maybe it's like, okay, here we go again, right? But now we kind of have some yeah. hope. There's new hope. And we can get to work with these guys right away. And I'm excited to see what they can do for us. Yeah, I, I am as well, Bryce. And let's also not forget about uh, the other player who came to us in this deal, that being Bowden Francis. And Bowden Francis is a guy who I, I did a quick look up on. And, and he was actually ranked by Fangraphs anyways, uh, the 25th prospect in the Brewers um, pipeline. So Listen, Bowden France is another arm that we're getting in this. He's a, he's a little bit younger as well, 25 years old, doesn't have any major league experience, but he is playing in Triple A, um, so that'll be nice to have him. And maybe that's another pen arm as well that we can look forward to down the line. I'm not quite sure how close he is to being ready for the majors, um, but but I, listen, I'm I'm excited about another potential arm that we can have uh, should we continue to be on this injury trail that we've been on uh hopefully it doesn't continue that way but but it's always nice to have some extra insurance absolutely and i I did a little bit of research on him too probably not as much as i should i think he's going to be a triple a starter for us uh we're going to see how he how he projects how he profiles um the starting pitching market obviously is going to be an interesting one for us this upcoming off season with a few free agents the upcoming draft, we have some guys in our system who we like a lot. Nate Pearson, obviously, just went for his 50-second checkup on his groin, so we'll see what happens with that situation. Alec Manoa looks like a mainstay going forward, so it's never bad to have prospect arms, especially in the bullpen. I think this deal is going to work for both teams. The Milwaukee Brewers are first in the NL Central, uh, and their first baseman, Daniel Vogelback, just got injured, so... They needed a guy right now with some major league experience. I think, you know, we wish Rowdy all the best, obviously. And, um, yeah, we're excited to get to work with Trevor Richards here. But, yeah, just going back to recapping the month of June, we we went into it a little bit. A lot of our players had great months. Let's hand out our awards right now. Who is your player of the month for the month of June? Yeah, Bryce, I'm going to go to uh, Bo Bichette. 
um, I, 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 he, he, he improved. He improved. He had his best month uh, to, to date uh, in, in June. Um, he had uh, 21 RBIs, um, hit the ball out of the park four times, which is nice. Always nice to see that from him. Had five stolen bases as well, which was the most that he's had on the season. And just his slash lines as, slash lines as well, uh, 327 batting average. Um, on base percentage is 373, slugging 500, and, and his uh, his OPS is 873. So all of those numbers, um, with the exception of the slugging, which he had 531 in in April, um, but but all of those numbers for the most part are up from April and May. So Bo Bichette really as as well as he was performing, and I know he went through a little bit of a tough dip there um, at one point in May. He, as as expected, as we expected, I'm pretty sure we said it here on the podcast, was we had no worries about whether or not he was going to be able to make a comeback and, and get back into his groove. And sure enough, he did just that. And and now Bo Bichette is headed to the All-Star game, which is amazing. Um, but Bo is my player of the month for us because we all know how important Bo is to this lineup, just his ability to get on base and frustrate, really just give the rest of his lineup great looks at what the pitcher is trying to do because of those long at bats that he has and those that two strike approach that he takes um so boba the fact that he was able to turn things around get back on track and he is once again one of the most valuable bats in this lineup who what about you yeah first of all i love having Bo back to his his form that we've we've really known him for his whole career, those long at-bats. He's cut his strikeouts in half. He's stealing bases like we've never seen him do before. The biggest thing for me with Bo is the 36 hits in 26 games. He's getting those multi-hit games. He's showing up to the field every day. He's taking no at-bats off, and that, that's so huge for this team, especially with where he's at in the batting order and where this team's at. Now, before I get into my player of the month, I, I do want to say that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is really making this award process really frustrating for us because, like, obviously, yeah, he's the player of the month for the team, you know, every month. So, yeah. I mean, we're not going to give it to him. Like, sorry, Vlad. Sorry, bud. 371 average, 10 yeah. home runs, 36 hits, 24 RBIs in 26 games. The guy had no PS over 1,200. It's just not fun anymore. The guy's playing a video game. So with that being said, um, I'm going to go to Reese McGuire, a guy that we've we've really, probably the whole fan base, really rubbed the wrong way. Uh, no pun intended there. Um, the catching spot's always been tough for us. With Danny Jansen going through his struggles, him and Reese kind of came up around the same time. They looked like good young prospects, one from the right side, one from the left side. They both just really never developed. And I, I think Reese McGuire just had his best month as a Blue Jay here. He hit 344, an OPS over 876. In 21 games, he had 21 hits. And, and let me tell you, from the number nine spot, that is so huge for this lineup to turn it over to Semyon, Bichette, and Guerrero. Getting a guy on at the bottom of the order is so big because we know exactly what the top of this order can do. And you've seen the runs just skyrocket with Lourdes Gurriel and Reese McGuire getting on base at the bottom of this lineup. It makes this team so much better. And it is so fun to watch when the one, one through nine is clicking and there's no holes in this lineup. So I go with Reese McGuire for my guy. Yeah, I love that, Bryce. Reese McGuire was a guy who uh, you and I were talking about in, the, in in spring, 
spring training and we were just kind of thinking, yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be Kirk and, uh, and Jano and yeah, maybe never see Reese McGuire at any point this season. And we were completely okay with that. Um, sure enough, right. some injuries pile up for us and, and, uh, Reese McGuire, uh, shut us up pretty darn quickly. And, and I, I love the month that he had for us. And like you already mentioned the fact that he's able to turn this lineup over for us. That's not something that we were used to seeing in the first couple of months of the season because we had Danny Jansen starting for us um, a lot of the time. And Danny Jansen, as we have uh, made very clear on this podcast, he is just not having a very good season when he has been healthy. Uh, He's been very disappointing for us. So the fact that we are able to have our catcher, um, a guy who we expected to be Alejandro Kirk, now that we have Reese McGuire actually slugging the ball as well, it's pretty incredible uh, to see. And and like you said about the runs piling up, it's pretty incredible because, again, yeah, we weren't used to having Danny Jansen do that. And now Marcus Semyon, all of a sudden, he's got ducks on the pond ready to rock for him. And, 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 and Marcus Semyon has been incredible as well this season. So I 100% agree with you. I love your I love your award there that you're giving out to uh, Reese McGuire. I think he's been phenomenal for, for us. And I think that he's really made the fact that how hot he is he's made this kind of this decision that that the Blue Jays are going to have once Kirk comes back at some point you know he's made this decision really tough on uh you know Charlie and and really the 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 Blue Jays front office as to who should we send down or should we trade somebody or do we just cut somebody or like like you know what what do we do with our catchers do we run with three catchers you know I don't know if we do that I, I I doubt we do but do we run a three catcher? I have no idea. I think that Reese McGuire has really just kind of put a wrench in the overall plans in a good way. It's a great problem that we have, but I'm excited to see what we end up doing because, um, again, Danny Jansen, who's not having a very good season, he is really, his seat for me is really starting to warm up. And I think the seat gets even hotter um, because it looks like Alejandro Kirk really is is the odd man out here because of his options with the minor leagues. If we put a guy like Reese McGuire back on waivers like we did, I don't think he clears a second time, especially after seeing a guy like Chance Sisko no. uh, just recently get claimed, it comes to my mind. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he clears, yeah. and I think right now the worst of the trio is Danny Jansen. But I think that over the past few years, he's kind of developed this reputation of being a good defensive catcher, maybe a personal catcher for Ryu, who obviously is our best pitcher. So... I'm interested to see it. Obviously, it looks like Gabriel Moreno is going to be the catcher of the future. So maybe we do feel like we can trade a piece here. But I don't know. We we can't send Reese down after that month. Maybe we give Kirk some time to, you know, get his back going in AAA for a bit. But it's going to be really interesting to see uh, at the end of the season who our final catchers are. And with that... We are going to dig into the Arctic Tundra and see who is ice cold in the month of June. We'll give them a little spark. We'll get them hot. We'll get them nice tuned up for July. Who's the guy who you want to see turn it around after a tough month of June? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you worded it like that, Bryce, because um, this is my underperformer of the month, and he is just that. Uh, he is an underperformer. It's not that he played awful it's just that yeah he did just that he he underperformed he and that is randall grichuk uh randall grichuk is a guy who established himself in this lineup as a key bat for us um through april and may 
had fantastic, phenomenal numbers for us. And again, it's not that he has been awful. It's just that he has not kept that up for us, and he has slid in the lineup as a result. And and listen, George Springer coming back has obviously affected his positioning in the lineup for us, but the fact that a guy like Kevin Biggio is batting it has been phenomenal for us since he's come back from injury, and then Grichuk at that same time has slid off. Grichuk has kind of fell back in the lineup as uh, for us. So Randall Grichuk is my guy. He he has dropped in um, his his batting average. He's dropped in his on base percentage. He has had his worst slugging percentage. He's had his worst OPS. He had a um, six sixty six um, OPS in in June. So Randall Grichuk is a guy for me who I just really would love to see him get back to what he was. And I think that there was a lot of people that. We're, we're thinking, okay, well, he's super hot. And, and, and there was a point in time where we were like, okay, well, he, he can't keep this up. And, and he kind of just did. And he got to a point, I think, where we just, I, I feel for me anyways, I was expecting him to just, I, I just figured he's, he's locked in. He's locked in early in the year and he is, he's showing up and he's a consistent contributor for us. I just didn't really see him falling off. And, and sure enough, he, he has kind of fallen off. Um, 15 RBIs in the, in the month of June. Um, five home runs, which was nice to see from him, but 24 hits for him in, in 26 games. So it's kind of been hit and miss for Randall Grichuk in, in June. And I just think that if he can turn it around in July, again, kind of going back to that thing I was talking about with Rowdy last month, um, if Randall can kind of turn it his bat around in July, that once again, just it, it, our, our offense is phenomenal as is, but it just makes it, if he can get back to that level that he was at, then it's just like, man, like what do you even do if you're an opposing pitcher with this lineup? It just, it turns, it's a complete gauntlet from beginning to end, especially the way, um, especially the way LGJ is starting to kind of hit the ball with a little bit more consistency. You have Reese McGuire, you have Kevin Biggio on the bottom of that lineup as well. So, Randall Grichuk, if he can get it going, man, um, that that would be huge, especially for the fact that he is kind of competing along with LGJ uh, for some some time now um, in as as a full time starter. I'm sure he's going to get his his uh, everyday bats and stuff like that, but you know it, it's it's a matter of if he kind of falls off and stays cold like this, you know he could find himself kind of slip back out of the picture a little bit. Who knows? So I think he needs to keep his keep get his bat uh, turned back around what what about you and your uh, underperformer of the month well i'm gonna i'm gonna walk a similar path that you did we're both kind of going at some veteran guys here and it's worth noting that this is the major leagues baby and, and you're gonna you're gonna go through slumps you're gonna get cold it's the highs and lows of the major leagues very few guys have success consistently throughout the whole year the highs and lows it's just a matter of cutting the slump limiting the damage i'm going with our ace hunjin ryu who just had his worst month as a toronto blue jay i harped on it all the time in the pre the preseason um episode here about how thankless his position is because we almost expect him every fifth day to just go out you know give up one or two runs jays win nice smooth six innings from from jin it wasn't the case this month he was missing out over the plate he finished with a 4.88 ERA. He gave up six home runs and five starts. His strikeout numbers were way down. He only struck out 14 guys in 31 innings pitch. That's about four strikeouts per nine innings. He wasn't the ace that we're used to. 
and it certainly doesn't help when our bullpen's pitching the way that they do, but just not having that cushion of of the Hunjin Ryu that we've been so accustomed to seeing every fifth day go out and do his thing and steal us a ball game, it hurt this team a lot. And I think that's going to be pivotal for us going forward. I think maybe having Danny Jansen back there for him is going to help out a bit. But I want to see Jin get back to his form, so I'm going to give him my spark uh, going into the month of July. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Bryce, on that because, uh, yeah, Hanjin Ryu, like you just said, I think you said it perfectly there. Just We, we expect him to be great, um, borderline just perfect <laughs> at, at times, and, and it's just uh, it hasn't been that. It's been far from it, in fact, and and kind of similar to Bo Bichette, uh, a guy who, yeah, he's going through a slump, but I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind that, you know, he's going to bounce back from this. This is a guy who... Um, Hunjin Ryu, and I was kind of listening to uh, another podcast uh, earlier today, and and they were talking about uh, Jin's struggles and stuff like that, and and they said, well, listen, it's not necessarily like we're watching a decline here, you know, his velocity, although he doesn't throw hard to begin with, it's not like his velocity has taken a crazy decline or anything like that. Who knows? It could be the fact that, you know, he's, he's like you said, he's losing a couple balls. His command just hasn't been there. I'm not going to sit here and say that he was a part of the the sticky stuff you know, crowd or anything like that. But I'm just saying that the fact maybe he has to work through some things as well. Maybe he has some adjustments that he needs to make as well as we go through this entire process, because it is interesting to see um, that, that he is having his struggles at this time. It's, it is quite convenient. Now I'm not trying to say that that is what the case is, but, but uh, Hunjin Ryu, I I don't think that it's a matter of we're watching a decline here in in his overall career. I'm not saying he's fallen off a cliff by any means. I think that uh, this is just, truly a slump and uh, I, I fully expect him to get back to his dominant ways because uh, he is a, a crucial part of this five-man rotation that we have going in. and and this five-man rotation has the potential to be a really 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 good one yeah and it can only improve um so yeah hopefully we see a bounce back from from ryu a bounce back from Matt's. robbie ray's been great lately ross stripling's been excellent the biggest problems in the bullpen, so we need to turn it around. Let's let's look ahead here to July. Uh, at the time that we're recording this, we're currently two and three tonight. We had a tough loss against the Orioles, which is always fun. Uh, we're gonna have a little break in the middle for the All Star game, where we have four All Stars, three starters in Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Marcus Semien, um, and Teoscar Hernandez, with Bo Bichette being a reserve. Um, but then we're gonna see the first place Red Sox seven times. In, at the end, at the tail end of July, there, the first place Boston Red Sox, right after seeing the New York Mets, where we're likely going to face yeah. Jacob Degrom. I, I'm circling that as as the pivotal moment in this month, after the All Star break, coming back rested, energized, ready. It's why Vladdy's not doing the derby. He's focused on that second half, trying to get this team into the playoffs. I'm looking at those those seven games against Boston, three at home, four on the road. And I'm also looking at July 30th because there are some rumors circling on the internet that the Blue Jays could play their first game north of the border on July 30th. And let me tell you what a shot in the arm that would be to this team. Looking at it right now, I think we can clearly say that a wild card spot's probably more realistic for this team than the division about eight games back of the Red Sox right now. Of course, there's plenty of baseball. We're only halfway through the season, so anything can happen. But if this team gets back into Toronto, 
with their own fans behind them and get their swag back, tell me that wouldn't push this team into a real possibility of winning this division. Yeah, man, it, I, I'm not going to disagree with you at all. That would be <laughs> that would be electric. That would be electric. And and I 100% agree with you in terms of the, the the pivotal moments in this in this month, especially seeing the Red Sox there. Holy man, that those are going to be some big big series. And we highlighted this month as well um, in, in last recap, just with the fact that we play the Rays uh, twice before the All Star break, and then we play the Red Sox in two different series. Um, on, on right after the all-star break so we have some big time divisional series coming up here we were we were great to win uh, that Tampa Bay Rays series at the beginning of this month that was awesome would have loved to have swept them but is what it is um, hopefully we can bounce back here against the Orioles and, and get this series back but yeah man we're at this point our, our backs are against the wall we like we said at the top of this episode we can't we can't keep playing 500 baseball here. We have some crucial series here against some really good baseball teams coming up, and it's a matter. And it's nice that we do get the All Star break here. Hopefully, reset, refresh, get back to it. And uh, man, th- this is this is kind of do or die thing for us in our in our season. I, again, like you said, there's lots of baseball left, but it, it's just at one point that there's got to be that that switch. We've got to flip the switch, and and I think that especially for a team that is making moves right now acquiring more players and just kind of deciding okay are, are we going for this or are we not like what what are we doing you know the front office has shown that we're going for it but this team right now playing 500 baseball is not showing that we're going for it right now so it's it's we're kind of in the middle right now um this is this in my mind is got to be the most important month like at right at this very moment like this is the most important three, four weeks of our season right now. And and if we don't come out, you know, a few games above 500 at the very least, like that's, that's a problem for us. Of course. And the other thing I want to note about why I think these next few months are so important is because of how young this team is, right? The minor league season is obviously shorter than the major league season. We have a lot of young players who, have only really either either played maybe one or two seasons fully in the big leagues or or really no experience with that long grueling schedule. Of course, last year we only had a 60 game season. So, a lot of these guys don't have the experience of the dog days, the the late August, late September's. So, I'm really interested to see what we can do, who we can bring in at the trade deadline. I think July is going to be a huge start to see kind of which moves we need to make, which pieces we need to flip. Of course, we have the draft coming. We have a lot of content here, um, and I think we're going to be able to cover it with with a few uh, trade deadline episodes, a post-draft recap we're working on. I think this is going to be a big, a big month for the Blue Jays, but also a big month for the flipping the bird, boys. What do you say? Let's go. I love to hear that, man. Yeah, we're going to get on here a lot in uh, over the next few weeks especially. Um, yeah, big, big time. Big time month ahead of us for, for flipping the bird, man. So it's going to be some exciting content dropping, but – Bryce, I think uh, that's it for me. Uh, that's all I got, man. I'm sure we could talk a little bit more, but but I, I think that's about uh, the most important stuff to cover there. You know, I, we could talk for days about this team, and I think a lot of people could too, trying to get more active on the Twitter with the fans. The Blue Jays network on there is so great to be a part of. So, yeah, I think that's good for this episode of the podcast. We'll obviously be back a few more times like we just mentioned. But for now, Josh, I I, I think I'm pretty good, man. It was great to get on here. 
I'm looking forward to this month, man. Absolutely, man. Let's uh, let's hope for a, a big time month here. We got to uh, and then a big time All Star break, Re- reset, refresh. Let's get after it here and uh, make it a great month. Absolutely, man. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, Josh, you sir, take care. Take care. No, you-